Hey, peace and blessings to you. My name is Jerry B. I am the entree musician and so are you. And this is not going to be a regular episode of the entree musician because sitting to the left of your screen is an absolute legend. He is an ultra entree musician. I'm going to introduce his name, but first, I'm going to let you know a little bit about what this gentleman has done. He is a legendary founding father of the jazz-based fusion movement, hands down, okay? Grammy nominee with his band Cab, playing with Chick Corea, Herbie Hancock, Gloria Estevan, Stevie Wonder, Tony Williams, Wayne Shorter, Stanley Clark, Al Jarreau, Jack DeJohnette, Ziggy Marley, it goes on and on and on. This man has collaborated with and performed the theme song for Clint Eastwood's Oscar-winning masterpiece, The Unforgiven. Now he's editor-at-large of Virtuoso-based magazine. This man here, has done it all. This is none other than the one and only Mr. Bunny Brunel. Brother, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us at the Entree Musician. How are you, sir? Thank you. Thank you. I'm just fine. Thank you. I'm uh, honored to be on uh, your show. We're grateful to have you. Uh, most of us here are jazz lovers. We do have some rock lovers. We do have some funk kids and whatnot, and we are all loving the bass guitar we really do appreciate you coming by. And I have so many questions for you. I almost don't know where to begin. But I guess I can say, because you've played such a wealth of music in many different genres, do you have a favorite genre or is jazz just in your heart? Well, you know, <clears throat> I basically uh, like uh, uh, any kind of music when it's good. Yeah. Okay, so I end up playing uh, what we call a jazz rock fusion type of uh, music <clears throat> uh, because I was, I was hired uh, when I came to the States in 1978 uh, was to play with Chick Corea. Yes. Chick Corea needed somebody to replace Stanley Clark who was doing his own thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was actually touring uh, around the world, you know, Yes. with some other musicians and uh, <clears throat> the the keyboard player Patrick Moraz was every night uh, at the show in London you know at the uh, uh, Ronnie Scott's right Ronnie Scott in yeah. London he was there every night I had no idea who was <clears throat> that guy you know Patrick Moraz you know mm -hmm. the guy was nice and all that he was there you know all right you know so cool cool and on Saturday night, he came because mm -hmm. we were playing. I was playing with uh, Tanya Maria, you know, yeah, amazing yeah. pianist, Brazilian pianist, and uh, Andre Ciccarelli on drums. Mm -hmm. She's uh, the greatest French drummer, by the way. Yes, sir. I grew up with, uh, with his family, with his father, and uh, all of that. So in Nice, they're from Nice. So anyway, we are playing every night, and on Saturday, Patrick said, oh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, tomorrow I'm not going to be able to come because I'm uh, going to see Chicory. I said, what? I told him, that's a very good reason. I wish I could go, whatever he said. Yeah, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to see if I can bring him over. Mm. And uh, I said, oh, yeah, yeah, bring the whole band. Yeah, all right. So uh, he actually did uh, uh, came with Chicory and Tom Breckline. Oh, my. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> it's funny because when Tom Breckline uh, listened to the thing, he was he was afraid he would lose his gig when uh, uh, he heard, uh, <laughs> you know, we heard Andre Ciccarelli. He was really worried. He's, oh, my God. <laughs> and I, I'm telling you, I understand the guy's <laughs> unbelievable. You know, we're yeah. talking about one of the top. His problem, he cannot, he's, uh, he cannot fly. Mm. He's afraid of, uh, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's too bad because he would be uh, playing with the, the top of the line, you know. So anyhow, so <clears throat> Chick Corea came and, uh, you know, so we played. And uh, at the end of the, 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 the show, you know, talk to me and all that. And I say, oh, yeah, I was happy to meet Chick Corea. I say, yeah, yeah, I'm playing, <laughs> in, uh, you know, next week in, uh, uh, in Paris and all that. So I took note of that. 
and uh, he, he was really impressed, you know. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> so but uh, I took note that uh, he was playing in Paris. Yes. So uh, what happened is just like uh, I talked to some friend of mine, like from magazine, you know, editor and things. I said, you got to get me backstage on that show. And it, they did. They got me backstage. So uh, I, you know, I went backstage, you know, and I was there, you know, waiting. And suddenly Chikoria walks by and I say, hi, Chik. You know, he look at me, you know, like the winning, who the hell is that? I say, hi, I'm the bass player you met in London. Mm. He said, oh, he called his um, tour manager, said, take his number, is in the information. And uh, uh, a couple of weeks later, he actually called me, you know, to come in, it was August 1978, mm. to come to LA to record, you know, the, the first album that it, I did with him, you know. Yes. Uh, I believe it was a tap step. Yeah, tap step. Secret agent. Secret agent. I see. Yeah, yeah. Secret agent. That was, you know. And so, uh, you know, I, that's how I got the gig, thanks to... Uh, <laughs> Thanks to all those people, you know, who, who did it, you know, that is, but uh, you know what I mean? I'm mentioning that to people. I took the extra step. Yeah. It was not enough that uh, Patrick Morrice brought him there. Yeah. I went after him after that, when uh, all the compliment he gave me, you know, I figured I better go, you know, and uh, <clears throat> that, that's what happened. So I'm mentioning that for musicians, you know, you, you got to, do the extra step you cannot just wait you know sitting on your butt That's hoping right. that uh, the magic everything is going to happen it could but uh, it's always uh, helpful if you push a little bit right and that's what i did that's how i got the gig with chikoria so i came play with chikoria i was doing the recordings and all that and uh, uh, there was a uh, one evening where <clears throat> stanley clark was doing a show, you know, in LA. And uh, he had a, that song that he plays, uh, you know, with a piccolo bass, he needed yeah. a bass player. So he asked me to play the bass. Ah. School so days, I, was it school days? Um, I, to tell you the truth, I don't remember uh -huh. right now of my head. It comes but, from back. But he, he plays real high on the piccolo. So he needed you to drop the bottom. He needed huh? the bass, uh, you know, so uh, because I met him, we're playing with Chikore and all that. So he called me, asked me to come and play the bass. I said, of course, I come. So I went into the 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 studio, you know, the where they were, you know, rehearsing. Yes. And, uh, you know, I set up my amplifier and all that. And they were playing and uh, I was just sitting, listening. The drummer was Tony Williams. Mm. Okay. So I was just sitting and all that. And suddenly uh, uh, Stanley said, Okay, Bunny, uh, let, let's play the, the tune. Come and play the bass. So, you know, I got up, you know, I walked past the drums and Tony Williams was uh, looking at me with the, that look like, who the hell is that? You know, so I didn't see anything. I went, I picked up the bass, you know, and uh, I stopped playing and all that. And uh, at the end of the, the tune, you know, Tony, you know, Set up from his drums and say, Hi, my name is Tony. What is your name? You know, I told him, Oh, it's nice to, you know, to meet a great bass player. And that's how I met him, you know. Wow. And uh, after that, he asked, I went on tour with him at Chick Korea. I was doing a piano duet with uh, Herbie Hancock. Mm -hmm. So I went on tour with uh, Tony Williams. So I toured for quite a while, you know. Yes. And all that. And then finally, uh, I went back uh, with uh, with Chikoria, you know, mm -hmm. after that, I left <clears throat> Tony Williams, you know, at, uh, I told him, because he wanted to do a band with me and do the whole thing. But I, I, I say, I, I cannot just leave the guy that brought me here. So, uh, you know. Understand. I should have done it anyway, <laughs> because <laughs> because few a uh, little bit later he changed his mind and uh, you know start oh, playing wow. with somebody else. But uh, uh, anyway, that was that was the thing we were going to do a, a Bunny Brunel Tony Williams band, and mm. I didn't do it trying to be respectful to Chikoria. Understood. Now that I look at it, you know, later I said no, I should have done that. I would have been, <laughs> you know, so, forget it.
Totally you have opportunity, you should jump on it. Yeah, know? yeah, I understand. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but you know now Tony Williams and Herbie Hancock were very, very close. Yes, you know they they uh, recorded together many, many times. How did it turn out that you ended up in Herbie's band? I mean, you know, you you've toured oh, with uh, Herbie as well. Oh, well, I, I met Herbie. Uh, uh, you know, because he heard of me and all that. And uh, it happened also, uh, <clears throat> I'm a, a Nishiren Shoshu Buddhist. Mm -hmm. And I was a, a, a district leader, you know, leading Buddhist meeting and all that. And uh, it's what uh, uh, he does also. So I met him at uh, several meetings, you know, Nishiren Shoshu Buddhism. And that's why I was talking to him all the time and all that. And he knew of me and, uh, and all that. So he, he actually used him on the albums. You know, he came and play on the, <clears throat> my albums. Yeah. You know, so uh, uh, and uh, that's, you know, we got the, the, the connection and all that. And uh, later on, uh, he asked me to play. So I did the other gigs, you know with the you know at the grammys and all that where uh he was playing the piano i played the bass and all that and uh you know so uh, all, all those people that i uh, met a little bit but what i'm gonna say is my first ever jazz gig in uh in america mm -hmm. was uh, uh dante's with joe farrell Oh my! We were we were recording the album, you know, Secret Agent, you know, with Chikoria, and Joe came to play, you know. Yes. And he asked me, uh, you know, it was like the middle of the week. He said, "Oh, can you play Saturday for a gig?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So like that was the first ever gig in America playing jazz was with Joe Farrell. Wow. We're talking about an amazing saxophone player. Absolutely. That guy. Absolutely. You know, I ha had a story when he replaced Sonny Rollins in a, in a big band, you know. Yes. I had a friend who played trombone, was uh, told me they called us. We were waiting, you know, for the new uh, saxophone player, see. So we were right sitting. And he said, you know, that guy who came, we had like a, all his saxophone, you know, he walked in. Was like you, he said, you could read on his face that the confidence mm -hmm. the guy was coming in, you know, to replace Sonny Rollins. And the guy was coming in, he had no problem whatsoever, wow. you know. So Joe Farrell coming in, you know, they didn't know who he was. So he took his saxophone out and all that and stopped playing. And everybody, everybody was like, damn, <laughs> he killed everybody. First gig, not only the guy, uh, uh, can improvise over anything, but yeah. the sight reading, because they gave him the chart. The guy just killed all the charts. My God. That was the same thing with Chikoria. First take, he would read the thing, get into the solo, kill everybody. This is one of the greatest saxophone player. Absolutely. You know, I played uh, with uh, killer ones and all that. I'm really, uh, you know, but I can tell people for some reason it disappeared. I this, you know, America's got some kind of a, you know, they have some kind of problem with uh, people's color. Yeah. You know, and yeah. uh, for some yeah. reason, horn player, if you're not black, you're not sticking on the, the you know, a bit. Uh, but I'm sorry, you know, this, that Joe Farrell could kill anybody anywhere. Yeah. And I find it so, so sad that you never hear about that guy anymore. Wow. You know, you're going to hear about other saxophone players that are good or whatever. But sure. that guy, I'm sorry. We're talking about like a serious, you know, contender there. Absolutely. And uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, they, they don't do it. And uh, I mention it because I, I, I want to say, because that's the truth. This is what the hell are you talking about? That's right. <laughs> you that's know, right. I played with the best and, uh, you know, uh, it's just uh, Joe Farrell, you know. Mm. So, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, I was a, uh, what's the name of the saxophone player who plays with, uh, uh, who was with Jacko and all that. That's a friend of mine. With who? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
names, you know, I'm a little, yeah. yeah. Wayne Shorter. Oh, Wayne with Weather Report. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's another Joe, one. Joe Zalbano. So Wayne is still going strong and what oh, is yeah, he like? Uh, he's in his uh, 80s? Yeah, this is an incredible one. The guy <laughs> never stops. He's just like, he's still like kicking ass. You right. know? That's we, right. That's a, so I was so, uh, you know, fortunate that I ended up playing with Wayne Shorter as well and all that. So I had all those great players, you know, I definitely did pretty good with that. You yes, know? you absolutely did. Now, <laughs> now, would you tell me then, you know, because most people don't know about uh, life in France and Nice before you came to America, uh, you were playing piano, right? Uh, well, I started the piano when I was very young, you know, my mother got me some uh, piano lessons and all that, and I was always banging and all that. And then I went into a, a special school, it called Hotelier, it's a, a school that teach you about hotels, okay, they teach you everything, you know, about uh, washing the dishes to accounting i could have been an accountant i had the i could have passed the the, <laughs> the exam at the end but i didn't want to do that to be accountant so you learn everything about hotels you know direction everything so and the, <clears throat> there was a, a a band you know they put a band together you know to do some of the shows you know at the uh, you know yeah. and uh, uh, i was uh, playing uh, the, the guitar okay was playing the guitar you know, in the in the band, and one day they told me, "Oh, there is somebody who's going to play the bass, so go to that place over there and rent an acoustic bass." So I went to rent the bass and came back with the bass, and I arrived. He said, "Well, you know, he's not gonna do it. He's not gonna play. So why don't you play?" That's how I became a bass player. Just like that. I just pick up the bass and, you know, and I start playing on it and all that. Then, uh, <clears throat> like a, a week later, I uh, rented an electric bass. I played electric bass. And then I went to the Nice Conservatory to learn how to play the, the bass correctly with the bow and all that. Yeah. And that was a three years course. So the for the, the the first month I was on the first year. Mm -hmm. The second month they moved me to the second year, and the third month they put me on the third year. <laughs> wow. You know, yeah, the teacher couldn't believe it. You know, it was like a killing, kicking ass. You know, so I definitely it was good to play the bass. Now, so, who were you listening to, though? Who, who, who were your influences while you were uh, progressing on in your your formative work on the bass? Well, you know, when uh, playing the bass, the the bass, the electric bass, so jazz. You know, I was listening to the some old classic and uh, people. You know, with a pianist and all, because I start with the piano, so I was listening to that, and then electric bass. Uh, uh, I, uh, I put a band together. I was playing in a very famous uh, club in the south of France, very big, two stories and all that. And I put a band together with a, a horn section and all that, playing James Brown music. I hired a, a friend of mine's wife, was American. Her name is Shirley Bunny Foy. Shirley Bunny Foy to sing and she came in singing the James Brown and the whole thing, all the punk stuff, you know. Wow. So I had a band with like three horns and, you know, guitar, keyboards and drums. It was killing, oh you know, that club was great. So uh, all the time playing over there, that was, uh, that's what I started doing, you know. Yeah. And uh, uh, after that, uh, doing all the gigs and things, you know, playing with the, on the casinos and all that with the father of uh, Andre Ciccarelli, his name is Shano Ciccarelli. Mm -hmm. And I was doing all those, uh, you know, places, you know, in casinos and things like that. Right. And then uh, uh, I moved to Paris because that's where you're supposed to go for the recording sessions. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I was doing recording sessions, you know, so you go in the morning, you know, you sign the paper to get paid. Yeah. 
very important. Yes, very important. So you go inside over there, you know, at my Fender bass right there. Yeah. Plug it in. There's a direct box. Put headphones, and uh, they give you a chart. Mm-hmm. And there was a uh, usually they were recording uh, uh, drums, bass, you know, yeah. and adding uh, somebody on an acoustic guitar strumming chords to record us. They wouldn't use the guitar. So I used to sit in the studio, reading the charts, whatever they wrote, you know. Boom, bam, bam, boom, 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 bam, boom, 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 bam, bam. You know, just reading the charts, yeah. and then uh, going out and uh, coming back for another session. And, and I did a bunch of those like that. Wow. You know. So then the, uh, uh, I found a, a gig playing with a, a famous uh, <clears throat> singer. His name is George Mustaki. People will know him better, but actually toured all over the world with that guy, known and actually played uh, in New York, you know, big, uh, you know, to the big, big places and all that. He would uh, have people coming listen to him. And I played uh, uh, with that guy in New York. And we're talking about the 1975 around those waters, okay. Okay. And then we even went to uh, to Canada a little bit of gig, and uh, so that was the first time I was uh, playing at the Carnegie Hall, you know, in uh, you know in New York. Yeah. You know, that's as I said, I was way ahead of uh, you know. I went to his chick Korea was 1978. Mm. So uh, anyway, so that's 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 what I was doing, you know, doing uh, playing sessions. I ended up playing with that guy. I ended up being is the music director. So we did many concerts and toured around the world. You My know, goodness. that's what happens. So. Now, do you have any uh, favorite bass players, of course, who are younger than you, who are hot on the scene that you think, hey, this is a guy that I'm really into? Well, you know, the, the, you know, when I came out, there was a, uh, you know, I used to listen to the, the bass player with the uh, James Brown and things like that. You know, so there was not really a soloist mm-hmm. much, you know, until uh, you had uh, Jacko came out, yeah, and uh, uh, everybody was like, "Oh my God!" But I was already playing like that, you know. I was already like soloing and playing fretless as well. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, <clears throat> When uh, uh, when I came to America, I ended up meeting him, and it was a funny meeting because uh, I was playing with uh, Tony Williams, you know, in town here. Yeah. And uh, uh, he just uh, uh, we we played and all that, and at the end, you know, I played uh, the electric bass and uh, I had an electric upright bass and all that. We did a concert, and then at the end, I was walking back back up to the dressing room next to Tony Williams. And I go and then, and I see Jacko was on top of the stairs and you could see he used to carry his bass just like that. That's why it was all beat up. Mm. And I see, oh, Jacko, you brought your bass. Why didn't you play? And he say, you know, I didn't, I didn't need to play you. And talking to Tony, he said, tell him it's a compliment. You know, he was totally pissed off. He didn't, he didn't play. He didn't sit down. I pissed him off because he realized, you know, I play fretless. I play jazz. I improvise. I actually play acoustic bass too and everything. He didn't never met anybody like me. I was the only one, oh, you know, God. so that's how I met him. So, but I took it as a compliment because I love him. It's just the guy is incredible, you know. Wow. And uh, uh, <laughs> that was my meeting with a uh, with a jackal. And at the time, you know, you had I loved Stanley Clark and things. There were a few good bass players. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, you know, you have a bunch of them that came out. You know, yeah. at the who time, do you, who were... do you like today? Who do you like uh, uh, today? Uh, you you uh, know of somebody that you're really standing behind and going, "This is my guy for 2022." Uh, well, you know, there's so many of them that are so good. Mm-hmm. You know, you have those guys that uh, people didn't know about, like Alain Caron, mm-hmm. you know, from uh, Canada and all that. You got so, so many people. Jeff mm-hmm. Berlin, this is like, we're talking about serious players. Sure. 
you know, there are so many of them. On the new ones, uh, there is some, but I don't have a, any special. Uh, like a traffic shit. They're just good. You have some killer, you know. What it is, they had the, the fortune to be able to listen to people like Jacko and myself and uh, Jeff Berlin a lot, and they come out, uh, you know, they end up playing. You know now, so you have a lot of people that they, they can really play. Yeah. But uh, I always tell people, don't forget that the main gig is to play the bass. You mm -hmm. have to be a solid bass player. Got playing it. the solo is one thing, but uh, playing the bass, that's what there is a bunch of great bass players that uh, the, the solos are just okay, but they really nail the bass down. Right. And that's the good bass players. I, I don't want to especially mention one because there's so many of them that are so good. Yes. Yeah, so no, it's I don't want to, you know, for me, you have all those killer bass players that mm -hmm. do a killer job playing music, you know. Well, when you, you have some people from other country and uh, who came here and people start discovering, you know, so that's uh, like I have a name in my head thinking of a Seku Bunch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. great bass player. Oh, yeah. We're talking about and uh, it's not the favorite or whatever. So I'm just mentioning one of those great bass players. Sure. You know, so uh, it's, it's, it's so many of them. You have that uh, uh, French guy who came out. Uh, oh, the name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Names with me. <laughs> I understand completely. You know, so, uh, uh, you know, you got to... Uh, few people that come and play you know at the time there they were some great bass player in france that uh, never made it here because uh, for some reason french people advertise american people not french people but they have great bass players like uh, from my hometown tony bonfils is mm. one of those that was the one of the first call on the sessions in paris He's the one who got me some session that he couldn't do. He would send me, you know. He's also from the city of Nice. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. Sir. And there's a, a, a bunch of them, you know, I'm sorry, the names, you know. Sure. There's, a, there's a, 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 a soloist that's very good, a very good bass player. Marc Berto. That's a killer one. Wow. He doesn't speak English, doesn't want to speak English. But that's a killer bass player, Marc mm -hmm. Berto. We used to play together. I used to go to his house. He played the acoustic bass. I played the electric. I played the guitar. He'll play the electric. We, 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 we switch. He's like me. He's playing, you know, all those instruments, yeah. you know. Marc Berto, this is, if you can find something, this is like a, a killer My goodness. bass player. Amazing bass player that was out at the same time than me at the beginning. You know, mm. Chaco and all that. This is that was another one there, you know, that never made it out. Sure. But uh, that's uh, talking about a killer one, you know. That's so true. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna put you on the spot again and then ask you this question because the bass player and the drummer usually locks up. Who's your favorite drummer to play with? Or well, do you I, have like many? Well, as I told you, you have like Andre Ciccarelli. We're talking about top of mm. the line. Yeah. But I had the, the the honor to play with Tony Williams. Yeah, we're talking about <laughs> you know Tony Williams. You yes. know, it yes, doesn't sir. really get better than that. Yes, but sir. there is other people that I played with. So many, mm -hmm. I did sessions and I played with uh, some great yeah, like a, a Chad Wackerman. Oh yeah, that I use often. You know that. That's a killer one. And yes. this is an, another one that can sight read any kind of music. We're talking about serious sight reading. My gosh. Yeah, you know, and the most uh, drummer, you know. Mm -hmm. I played a long time with uh, Dennis Chambers. Yes, yes. You know, doesn't read anything, whatever, not even chord changes, whatever. Right. But that's uh, like, a, we're talking about a serious drummer. Again, Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. King of the single stroke. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, hands down. yeah, serious. The guy is so, so good, you know. So, and there is other ones. I don't want to make anybody feel bad or whatever. But uh, sure, as I sure. said, I, I played. Uh, I was lucky. So tell me, tell me about forming your band CAB Cab. 
tell me about you know your, okay, your... the idea was uh, with the Tony McAlpine you know mm -hmm. we decide to uh, make a, a band together and with a uh, <clears throat> uh, with uh, on drums uh, we were just talking about it mm -hmm. Chad no 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 oh, sorry I just lo lose it it's quite alright. We just named him. We were talking about him. We we're talking about the, the, the single stroke. Oh, Dennis Chambers. Okay, Dennis Chambers. Yes. Mac Alpine and myself. So I'm the one who came out. We say, oh, Chambers C, Mac Alpine A, and Bonnie Bruno B, cab. We're going to call it bad. I didn't know it that it was actually Mac Alpine with an M, not separated the Alpine. But that's where it stays. We liked it. We called it cab. You know, and actually, uh, right now, uh, I was just uh, recording. Uh, we're working on a, on a new cab with the original members. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I was just playing the bass on one uh, of Tony's uh, uh, tune right now. Very cool. So I just stopped to talk to you. Oh, well, I thank you. I thank you for doing that. Now, now, when is that slated to come out? Is that coming out this year? Well, uh, yeah, we'll see. We're hopefully. <laughs> It's hard to get, uh, uh, to well, get the, the drummer. Ah, yeah. understood. He's always busy, such a great drummer. Everybody wants to play with him. So, yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, we recorded already like uh, three things. You know, we keep going at it. Mm -hmm. You know, nice stuff. So tell me about writing for you. You know, when you're composing a song, you know, what you know what's the flow what what happens when you you're just saying hey do you set aside time take a week two weeks and and just dedicate it to writing or do you write on the fly influences come and you just drop it yeah it's all depends usually i decide oh i'm gonna write something and uh, uh, as uh, you mentioned i actually play piano so i can put some chords together and then make up the bass line all backwards. Sometimes just to come up with a nice bass line and uh, put the chords and, uh, and add the melody and all that. So it's, it's all dependent. It's, there is no uh, system, you know, it just happens the way it happens. Understood. Well, you know, it happened very well when you uh, collaborated on the theme for Clint Eastwood's uh, movie, The Unforgiven. How did that come up? What what was well, the uh, what it is? Uh, uh, he played me. Uh, you know, he plays piano. You know, he plays. He played me the the the, the melody that he composed. You know, and uh, I, you know, I recorded the melody and all that, and then. I did uh, with a guitar. I played with a arpeggio with a guitar, and uh, played the melody and all that. You can see me. There's a video when you see me in the studio, mm -hmm. recording the thing with the guitar, playing the guitar. Yeah. And uh, the, the that's basically what happened. I, you know, that's his tune. I just putting the chords and putting the chart together yeah. that there was something to go by. That's that's it. Beautiful, beautiful musician, beautiful person. I mean, yes. uh, Clint Eastwood, I used to play at Dante's because of that gig that I had with Joe Farrell at the beginning. I could always play at Dante's. Mm. The guy knew me. I could go with my band and play. And uh, when I played at Dante's, he would show up. Clint Eastwood would show up with, uh, with his son and daughter. Yes. He would sit in the room and all that. So I, I met him many times. I was with, you know, and that's how I ended up. He's asked me to do the, he wanted me to do the whole music, but the, the record company, the the company didn't agree with that. He wanted him, oh, that was your return. You have to need somebody that everybody knows. And I almost did, uh, wrote the whole music, you know, but I got kicked out because <laughs> oh, wow. of idiots, you know. So. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Well, you know, Cal is on the road now uh, playing. Definitely. Games. Well, he, he, he's the one, one day he, he called me and said, oh, you know, my son plays the bass, wants to play the bass. Should I send him to the, the school? Or I say, oh, no, 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 send it to me. So I gave him the lessons. I'm the one who taught him how to play the acoustic bass, the electric bass and all that. Okay. Wow. And so so he's, a, he's very good. He knows what to do. And, yeah. Uh, 
you know, when you have a name like uh, Eastwood, it's easier to get. So he's touring all around the world. Yes, he is. Oh, in France touring. I never can tour in France. They don't care about me because <laughs> I'm French. They are terrible. They are killer musicians. They never support them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Yes. Now, you know, what's funny, though, is, uh, you know, because I've done a couple of interviews with uh, Ron Moss, and you may remember Ron from working. Yeah, with Ron him. is the one who used to be a, a chick career manager, yeah. and he's the one managing Clint Cow. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, pretty interesting that uh, he's running both. Uh, you know, of course, worked so closely with uh, Chick, and now managing Cow's career, bass player. He he's a he's a great guy too. Ron is a really nice. Yeah, guy. he's doing a great job with him. I mean, he's he a, see him touring everywhere, you know. So it's definitely uh, happening, you know. So definitely. I wish I could do the same thing, but no, you know, <laughs> French people don't care about that. <laughs> French musicians. Yeah. There's a scripture that says a prophet has no honor in his own country. So, you know, yeah. when you're from your hometown, yeah, that's, that's nobody what cares. Is. But yeah. everybody everywhere else across the world yeah. goes, give them here. Yeah, okay. yeah, I know, I know. That's what it is. It's pretty funny. Now, so uh, talk about, you know, because it seems like as we're, we're you know, uh, running through these conversations, you're just, names are just dropping off your lips like that. Chick Corea, you know, Stevie Wonder, Tony Williams, Joe Farrell, you know, but what are some of the challenges that you've faced in your career that you said, well, you know, that was a good lesson to learn right there, but it was a, a challenge for you? Well, you know, uh... With, with those uh, great musicians, uh, it's uh, always easy because they let you be yourself. Contrarily to what I was mentioning doing those uh, sessions in France, you go in, you know, they write a chart and you cannot even change a note. You have to read whatever the, the guy wrote and that's what it is. That's the session, not for notes. And uh, uh, now in America, they hire somebody because they like what he does. And uh, they have tunes with the charts and things like that, but they let the person be himself to make it sound even better. Yes. yes. So because of that, I never had any trouble. You know, I just, uh, you, you know, did, did the job and uh, they let me, uh, you know, be myself and everybody was happy with it. You know, so that's the quality here, you know, they're using the quality of the musician to enhance their own music. Yeah. And that's why American music is always fantastic. Yes. I you agree know, with that. I agree. As I told you, I made, you have no idea, I'm on so many records in France, you would never know it's me playing, you know, playing uh, those bass line that these people write, you know, and never let me actually make it sound better. Yeah. That, that's what they, they are with the arrangers. They have like a, a problem, ego problem. He has to play, you know, that's, that's the thing, you know. So, play it like it's written and that's yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's, that, that's what it is. But uh, you play with the Chikora, Herbie Hancock, they let, you know, they want you to make it sound better. You know, yeah. they leave you the room to make it sound better. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> tell so me about your work tell me about your work with stevie wonder oh that was just a, a, a that was just a a, a live show mm -hmm. you know for the grammys oh, i see and uh, i was uh, the one playing the bass and that's what happened you know so he came to play a tune and i just followed the the thing i just played the tune you know whatever it was play the bass line that was a uh, required to play and uh, that, that was about it oh that was okay so no no work no collaboration or production no no not all that was just a gig with him mm -hmm. you know. what, what about al Jarreau? al Jarreau, there was a different it was with chick korea we did a gig we played with him and uh he was part of of the band mm -hmm. you had gail moran who was singing as well but he was the one doing the stuff so we did a few stuff with uh, with Chikoria, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, they had that great. I don't know if, if I'm going to come out with the name. Uh, vibe player was playing. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
anyway, so it's maybe I'll come back in a minute. Sure. But uh, we, we toured and uh, that was killer. You know, you're talking about a serious gig there. Yeah. You know, with Al Jarreau, great player. Yeah. Uh, he would come and listen to me if I play or something. Very nice guy, adorable. It's, yeah. a, it's a shame that we lost another one there. Certainly. Yeah, I love the guy. He was so nice. Certainly. Wow. Yes. That's fantastic. Now, do you enjoy uh, being the uh, editor uh, at large, a virtuoso? Well, I'm not the one doing the job. Yeah, um, so they put you your name, but uh, I'm not. I'm just uh, you know giving some ideas on things like that. But I'm not the one doing the job. Uh -huh. You know, so it's just uh, to so, mention so, things. So that's the, the problem. They never mentioned. Uh, the, some people, you know, it's just mm -hmm. like it's good. I, I wanted to have something to, to let people know about the other people that are really important. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, so so I'm I'm going to name some uh, uh, other bass players who I think uh, really transformed uh, American music from from taking the bass from behind the drum kit to really bringing them out. Front, I, I would think that uh, somebody that would be notable is uh, Larry Graham. Oh yeah, we're talking about the, 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 that's one of the most famous slapper from the beginning, Larry Graham. Exactly. Guy just introduced a uh, bass player to the slapping, basically. Yeah. Just kind of transformed the language. Oh yeah, the bass definitely. Player. You know, killer, killer yeah. player. Yeah, that's the killer. I love him. So you were you were very prominent though in the 70s 1977 78 when the bass synth when the mode came out you know what were you what were bass players thinking when you know music was kind of changing for more bass synth than uh, well you know regular bass that, that was okay but uh, you know many times they would have uh, the, the bass uh, moog or something but uh, then they we used the uh, bass player to uh, to make it to, to solidify yeah 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 absolutely so, uh, yeah it's okay you know so you can have some great compositions with the uh, synthesizers you know they yeah. sound you know, so. do you uh play uh any synth bass or you just stay you at your guitar don't. usually i play the bass gotcha i just play the bass Yes, sir. Now, how would you describe your sound? Because you, you know, uh, you know, people talk about, you know, the Marcus Miller sound or, you know, I mean, everybody has that signature lick. How would you describe that bite that you're able to bring to to your playing? I just don't describe it. I just do it. Do it. <laughs> I don't but know. I, there's no, there's no, there's no pedal. There's no combination. Yeah, no, absolutely amplifier. not. It's the the bass direct on the recording. My man. And what it is just uh, you have to realize that uh, I decide uh, because I was playing the Fender. I still have my original Fender Precision. Mm. First, mm. I added a pickup, uh, kind of a bridge pickup, to get the uh, uh, to get the sound and all that. Then I took off the freights. You know, put some uh, uh, bondo on the thing, and then I had somebody putting some finish on it, and I was playing the fretless. And then one day I decided, oh no, I'm, I want to design something. So uh, I worked with somebody and actually designed an instrument that was picked up by uh, Gibson. Mm -hmm. There is a Bunny Brunel Gibson that came out, and uh, it was just perfect. The shape that I designed with the longer horn, like the balance, it's funny because now it took forever for bass builder realizing that you have to make the the horn the, to all the bass longer in order to have a balance because the fender, you put it on and it goes down. So that's what I had my foot and all that, whatever. I was very vertical and all that. Right. And uh, so I designed it with a longer horn. Now all the bass design they all have a longer horn that goes to the octave and all that to make the balance right but that was the first one nobody had anything like it yes. and uh, uh after that you know the uh the guy that was at the head of the gibson was not really doing a, a very good job for gibson so they end up changing the guy mm -hmm. and uh, they stopped making my my bass you know 
So uh, I went uh, with, I was approached by the company uh, that, that did my base for a while uh, in uh, San Diego. Oh, it's funny. You're getting older, you're losing name. Carvin. Carvin did my base and uh, actually did a good job with the preamp, the pickup, and the outside shape of the base. But they didn't want to do my my design. Oh. You know, it was the, they didn't want to do the, the, the horn the way it was. Just, but at least the outside and the balance was right and the sound was right. But after a while, I had to get out because I, I couldn't stand it, you know. So it didn't look the, the right way. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> then I went with the ESP. I was approached by ESP that did uh, copied perfectly my Gibson. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the, that's what I, what I use. It's just like a... a uh, it is a four-string. Yes. You see? Yes, that, that's the first thing that's and the, but unfortunately these people were not really commercializing the thing right, so they stopped doing it. So I'm going to have to go to I'm going to the Nam show. I'm going to try to find somebody else who wants to do the Bunny Brunel. Maybe I'll try again Gibson. Maybe they want to go back to where they were doing because it was killer. What about amplifiers? Amplifier, uh, you know, I'm using Eden right now. Mm-hmm. Eden, you know, that's um, I can use any kind of amplifiers. You know, the way the amplifier became because of the transistors instead of the, uh, you know, they all sound pretty good. Yeah, it's just a matter of having the right uh, speakers and all that, and uh, but uh, they're all doing a good job. All the all the makers. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe the first phone conversation that we uh, had, uh, uh, I had to cut it short because Larry Dunn was uh, giving you a call. Are you uh, doing any work with Larry's uh, orchestra? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I play some live gig in town. Yeah. And he usually come and play something. He plays a couple of tunes. You know? Yeah. That's a, a not amazing uh, you know, keyboard composer and uh, yes. amazing person. He's so nice. I Absolutely. love him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very genius, actually. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a genius. And uh, Earth, Wind and Fire would not have been Earth, Wind and Fire yeah. uh, without him. You know, absolutely. All right. Here is the, uh, you know. Oh, that's fantastic. Beautiful. Is that the ESP as well? No, the ESP. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm going to show you another one. Sure. Because you're a nice guy. So. Well, thank you. That's beautiful. <laughs> now, are those your handprints? No, it's my daughter. Oh, word up. That's my daughter's handprints everywhere. Beautiful. Beautiful. What, you know, uh, you have that, you don't have that connected to an amp. Not right now. No. You should connect it and just hit one. Yeah, you, you, need to have you, have, you need to have that connected. I think if you just connect it to your amplifier, I think we will be able to hear it. Yeah, that sounds good man that has some tone on it i love that that sounds fantastic absolutely Thank you. 
My man, thank you, thank you. Well, you wanted me to play, so. Yes, I did. <laughs> Fantastic. Absolutely. So uh, what type of advice would you give? And you started out, you know, uh, the conversation by saying entre musicians need to have some initiative. And that's how you got your first gig with Chick Corea. You didn't just let things stand the way they were. You actually pursued it. But what other advice would you give young up and coming entre musicians? Well, you know, as I mentioned a little before, if you play the bass, you have to play the bass. Mm -hmm. You cannot just uh, uh, mess around and doing, uh, you know, thing. I see people, they just like... No, 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 you, you, gotta, you gotta play the bass. Mm -hmm. And uh, learn bass lines and things and go play with some people to learn how to get the groove going. And uh, that would be great if you learn how to sight read music. Hmm. Yes. And by the way, it's easier to sight read a bass line than a guitar part or a piano true. part. That's true. So you just practice uh, like that. You can gig with people and all that. The most famous bass players are not uh, the soloist one. You have Lee Sklar, for instance, talking to somebody that with all those gigs that he does, yeah. He doesn't play solo, he just plays the bass. Mm -hmm. He can sight read music and all that. He's got the sound, he's got the timing. So that's what I tell people. It's just like if you want to be a musician, you're going, you're going to have to practice how to play with other people, read music and, you know, play the bass line, play the bass. Yeah. After that, when you can practice to solo and later, that's okay. But uh, as a, a job, if you want that to be your job, you you have to uh, you definitely have to practice how to play the bass. That's the number one. That's what I tell people. Why do you think I had all those gigs with those people? Because I play the bass. You know. Completely understood. Yeah, it's just like, a, and I still have problem with it because they hear me playing, they're afraid because. Uh, <laughs> But uh, uh, I actually play the bass. Mm -hmm. You know, I made a lot of money in uh, in Paris before. You just uh, recording sessions, just playing the bass. Yes, that's good you advice. Know, that's the thing. That's the gig. You gotta play the bass. You yes. know, you have to have a good sound and all that, and good timing. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That's all you need to practice first. After that, then if you get into playing some solos, you play some solos. Yeah. But that's not where the money is. That's money cool. is uh, playing the bass and being hired by uh, all the people. That's great advice. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm so very, very thankful the time that you've given us this evening and uh, grateful. I hope that this won't be our last conversation. And uh, I know that those who are watching and listening to this podcast have learned a lot. You've taken us down memory lane and, and talked about a lot of our heroes. So I, I really appreciate that you were in the zone with all of these great people and you helped to make this history that we honor so much. So thank yeah, well, you. I was very fortunate to be able to play with these people. It's not easy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be at the right place at the right time. Yes. You know, so and uh, no, definitely, I really appreciate whatever I was gave, you know, to do, you know, and all that, all those people, you know, especially Chick Corea that got me out of the, of the French box there. <laughs> yeah, I would be just doing what I was doing there, you know, playing at some sessions. In, in the box, huh? <laughs> yeah, in the box. And now on top of it, they don't have all those recording sessions anymore. Because of the studio, you know, people with the computers and all that. Sure. So that that's the that business is gone. That's true. You know what I mean. So that's very important to understand. That, you know that if you can get some gigs with people, take it. Because I mean, the live gigs are the one right now that uh, pays. You know, because right. 
people, even if they record all their album with the you computer. know computers, whatever, they have to play live. They have to play. That's correct. They need musicians to play the stuff. That's correct. So uh, where do you find? And I, I was going to wrap this up, but you you pushed another question out of me because you know you've you've really been a part of the recording industry when there were labels and uh, tour support and whatnot, and uh, you've done independent stuff with your own bands and whatnot. Where do you where do you find the state of the industry going? Is it just going to, you know, because musicians are not making money on their recorded music. Uh -huh. uh, and, and as you pointed out, you know, most of the uh, paychecks come from the performances. But do you see a resurgence in the industry? Will it get to a point where people will want to pay for recorded music again? Yeah, the, actually, uh, yeah, because uh, you can... Uh, release uh, singles and records without having to have the actual actual record without the label of course or without the record no, no, i'm talking about it's not even that i'm talking about the physical cd yes it's not as you know used to be something you had to have a you know now you don't even need that you can That's actually uh, come out with the recordings that you send sell on the internet sure. with a CD baby and all that. Yeah, sure. I actually have a single that I just got out, and uh, uh, it's uh, it's out on the CD baby and all that, and people can buy and download it mm -hmm. and all that. And it's mm -hmm. with a great guitar player, Roman Michalashenko. Mich <laughs> Which is a fusion guy, very uh, one of the top of the line in a, in a Russian guitar player that does yeah, right. fusion, and uh, uh, that's that's the way uh, things are, are done mm -hmm. nowadays. You know, so you can uh, release stuff like that, or you can do a CD if you want to. But uh, there's a lot of things that people end up buying, downloading the thing. Mm -hmm. Some people they don't even have a CD player. That's true. Absolutely. You I know. still have one because I'm an old man, but uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what it is, me too. I still have one because I'm an old man. Right. My daughters don't, though. My daughters don't have CD players. I mean, you know, everything's on their phone. Yes, everything is on the phone. And it's just a, that's what happened. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so uh, that, that, that's what uh, the thing came out to be. You know, everything is a. Uh, Everything became a, a download and upload and things. Right. People used to go the you know to I used to go listen you know records you know you check stuff you know. That <laughs> <laughs> used to be like that, but uh, you know. Not anymore. Not, not, not anymore. anymore. Not anymore. Yes. So sir. I was uh, trying to find a picture of the you know it's just to show you mm -hmm. of the the single. Do I have it somewhere here? <laughs> and it's your latest, your latest single? Yes, just out. Excellent. Excellent. And so it's uh, uh, how many how many pieces in the band? Uh, wait, you? Uh, you know, uh, just wait for me just a few seconds. Oh, okay. sure. Absolutely. I'll show you the picture. You'll love it. I'm sure. Okay. Can you see it or not? A little bit. There we go. Yeah, Fusion Holidays. Very cool. Can you read the musician's name? I can't read them. Those are too small, but I see the I see uh, Bunny Brunel nice and big. I can't okay. see those guys. Okay. You have a, 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 a that got Rom, Roman Miroshnichenko on the guitar. You have Virgil Donati on drums. Hmm. Mahesh Balasuria on the keyboard. And uh, I even did uh, some... Uh, Tune with the Kellyn Peoples who plays the flute. Oh wow! Okay, I'm gonna make sure that I grab that. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna make sure. Holidays, you know. Yeah, well, I will do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm yeah. so appreciative of your time, sir. Thank you for uh, pouring into us. Thank you for being on our show. Thank you for all of the great music that you've done over the years that are just highlights of many of our lives. I know, you know, I'm a young guy. 
uh, in the sense that uh, when you're talking about 1975, I'm 10 years old, you know, <laughs> you know, but uh, so grateful because uh, my uncle got me into jazz really, really early. So uh, your name was uh, always in the house on somebody's project. And uh -huh. I just really appreciate you, brother. I just texted you the cover. Oh, excellent. Excellent. So, yeah. Thank you. All right. You know, very cool. <laughs> <laughs> you have a great night. Hey, brothers and sisters, man. Yeah, for you, you at night over there. It's like uh, uh, for like seven fifteen or something. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But we're just getting started. The night is still young. Oh, okay, still good. Young. But thank well, you. Very for nice you. talking to you. You are uh, so nice. You're fantastic. Thank you, thank you, and likewise. And brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, this is the one and only Bunny Brunel, legend, 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 ultra entree musician. My name is Jerry B. I am the entree musician, but most importantly, so are you. And we will see you next time.